of Saturday, breaking cycles, we rebels. Stuff of Saturday, uplift with love. Stuff of Saturday, breaking cycles, we rebels. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Self Love Saturday, where loving ourselves is an act of rebellion. This is Dr. Anissa Shomo, your favorite family doctor, podcast host, and we are going to start a new podcast called The Love Rebellion, because I have a new book coming out with the same title. Uh, I'm already the author of Health is Love, and just really excited to take another journey to talk more to more women about their journey with their health and loving themselves. And today I am so excited. We have a special guest, Alex Thomas. Hey, everybody. Hey, Alex. Thank you for being here. I want you to tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Sure. So as she mentioned, I'm Alex Thomas. I live right across the river in Covington, Kentucky. Um, I am a freelance entrepreneur. My company is Looping and Alex, where I provide executive administrative support for small businesses and entrepreneurs. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. And so let's get right into it. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast was because, you know, as a, as a woman doctor, the conversations I have with my patients are very interesting when it comes to distinguishing between health and beauty. And because of those conversations, um, I've been paying a lot more attention to that. And because of my work mm-hmm. with even young women, I worked in the schools for four years. Um, you know, I've just have noticed a lot about my surroundings and I've noticed that we don't have a lot of conversations about like how our society and how cultural norms really impact us and how they chip away at our self-confidence and just have so many, just affect so many parts of our yes. parts of our lives as women. So let's talk about it, Alex. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> you know, being a woman of color, one of the things you don't really talk about at home is, be- you know, beauty standards outside of the house, right? You're pretty right. In, ha- in the house, you get ready to go, you know, you get to school, you get to work, and everything changes because the bubble that you were in at home doesn't reflect what society, you know, throws in your face when you step outside of the door. And we don't talk about that um, to young girls at all. Right. And I think that like, even beyond that, <laughs> It's one of those things that can be really interesting because in our families, like the perception of our families, what what our perceptions of our families can be completely different from how the world perceives us. So in my house, you know, like there's just so many things about being a black woman. Um, Mm -hmm. And so there's like the colorism, there is the idea of good hair, there is the, you know, the body types. Um, you know, the way that you're shaped, all that sort of thing. And so depending on the, the, what is good in your family um, or what is the hierarchies that our families created versus the hierarchies that society has deemed, you know, to be valuable and worthy and all this sort of thing can be completely different. And it's always very confusing as a a young woman. It's very confusing (laughs) because (laughs) the trends change. Things can be trendy at one moment and then not trendy at another moment. But you grew up with your family for 18 years and the the message in your family really doesn't change, you know? Oh, at all. It never changes, right? And so 
you don't know sometimes how to navigate your own beauty because you're looking at it through a lens of what your family finds respectable or acceptable. And then you're trying to figure out, well, how does everybody else look at me? So it is very confusing. And then you don't oftentimes look inward and see what you find beautiful about yourself. So it's, it's, it's hard out here in these streets. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely is. And I think that like for me being a teenager, navigating all of that, I had, I have five older sisters and they were, they're all different shades. Everybody in my family is different shades of brown. And um, so that definitely was for me growing up. It wasn't like, there wasn't a hierarchy of that. Like everybody was made fun of for being different shades of brown. Like if you were, if you were one of the, you know, brown skin girls, or if you were a light skin, Mm. one of us. Uh, we all got, we all made it fun of each other. So there was no like, you know, it's, it's sometimes hard in families because it'd be like the people who are more brown skin may be considered to be like bad sure. or mm-hmm. more problematic, the problem child, that sort of thing. Or in my family, that wasn't really a thing. Um, and so going into the world in that way was actually really, really good. But for me, it was more like trying to figure out where I fit in in the family because my yeah. mom is very like it's it's really interesting because I grew up as a Muslim and so mm. beauty in in the as Muslims is an interesting thing because my mom always wore a job she was always exactly. covered um, but she wore makeup she didn't really wear a lot of makeup she just wore like lipstick and you know people used to wear the little mole right <laughs> so right. <laughs> so back then like that was pretty much the um, the the extent of you know beauty for and my household was just that example. My mom was a lipstick, a little, you know, eyeliner. Um, but just growing up watching my sisters, there was such a mm-hmm. difference in how people expressed their style and how people, mm-hmm. um, you know, wore their makeup, wore their hair. And it was like the 90s and everybody's hair was crazy. I mean, it was kind of like <laughs> awesome to see all of that, my older sisters. But for me, I've always been like somewhat of a nerd. <laughs> so like, I would always try and like fail, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I would I kind of got to the point of like you know just being different and like understanding that because my like my mom would tell stories about how my sisters was like and I and I remember like my sister's making fun of me a lot like you're such a nerd you know <laughs> and just be like my mom being like that's fine she's a nerd leave her alone you know leave her I mean? alone right <laughs> what was your experience with that kind of thing at home so I have one sister so Um, She and I are really, really close in age. Like we're 13 months apart. So um, when we were in school, like everyone used to like call us twins. So I was the brown skin twin and she was the light skin twin. But I didn't really realize there was much of a difference between us until like boys started to point that out. Right. So You know, one of the things I very, very um, heavily remember is I had some really great guy friends, or at least, you know, I considered them great guy friends. Um, They were like, you know, you would be perfect if you had the three Bs. And I was like, the three Bs? And they were like, yeah, they were like, you got two, but you're missing one. So the three Bs were booty, breast, and brain right? Uh, So I had two of the three, right? I didn't have the full package. Um, But they considered my sister perfect because she was light skinned and she had 
you know, all three of the bees, right? And so, yeah. you know. That's very impacted, hurtful to say to somebody though. It's incredibly hurtful to say to someone and it impacts the way that you look at yourself. So I was very athletic, right? I athletic build, I played sports. You know, at one point I would try to play football with the boys because I was really good. And, yeah. you know, I remember being told by some of the guys on the team, like, we are going to actually try to hurt you so that you can't play on the team because girls don't play football. Oh, and wow. so, like, you know, my mom always tried to make us feel pretty. And I didn't feel differently loved as far as my beauty or anything with my mom. But I always felt different when it came to just my sister and I, like being out in the world together, because I wasn't the curvy girl she was. And, you know, she was short and petite and cute. And I was taller, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Longer, a little more athletically built. And so I always felt like I wasn't ever going to be good enough because I didn't look like her, like in any way outside of you can tell we're sisters. Like literally they used to call us the doublement twins because at one point we were both the same height, different grade levels, but we literally looked almost identical. And, you know, it's one of those things that you kind of carry with you. Like I'll never be as pretty as my sister. Um, And, you know, you try to like, let it go as you get older because you change and you know your body changes and stuff like that but it still really really impacts the way that you look at yourself right um but the the issue is like I'm sorry go ahead no no no. I was just saying even the way you present yourself to other people right yeah I was just gonna say that a lot and that's what's interesting for me like you know when you say the outside world so in your house it wasn't like a it wasn't no it wasn't I didn't feel different um but when I stepped outside of the door I did feel different which kind of changed even the way that I behave in, in, you know, at home, right? right? You kind of shrink in the back a little bit because surely if other people felt this way, my mom, my mom couldn't think I was really that pretty, right? Mm -hmm. She's telling me this so that I don't feel bad because everybody thinks my sister is so much prettier. Yeah. Right. So my mom never made me feel different. Other people did. And so I reflected that in my relationship with my mom and me. Right. Yeah, and it's hard. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's it's really interesting how a lot of people have a lot of these stories of, like, things that chipped away at their confidence yeah. and things that, like, could have been different. So for me, yeah. I've always been, like, a weird, I was, like, a, I was the weird one. But <laughs> my, my, my parents both just embraced it. They were like, oh, you like yeah. reading? You want some books? Oh, you want to go to the library? Let's go to the library. And I think that for me, yeah. like, that can be the change of like, I feel like often people try to put people in these boxes of, oh, you're not as beautiful as your sister, according yep. to these, you know, standards that are set by all types of influence by all types of things, mostly racism. But anyway, yeah I mean a lot of it comes from slavery and racism and all this sort of thing so there's that's a whole can of worms that I don't want to get into at this moment um but (laughs) it's one of those things of like people don't realize how important it is to just not say anything you know what I mean like if somebody's different and you sense that and they're really not your type 
all you have to say is nothing. You know what I mean? Like, you know, or just say you're cute. Have a good day. You know, like you don't have to tear people down. But it was like, it's so weird because thinking back on that experience, like I consider these guys my friends, like, but you know, I was, they were like the homies. Right. right. And so, you know, it just, it hurt even more for someone I considered friends of mine to like kind of sit me down and have an intervention, if you will. Right. <laughs> and kind of tell me, tell me the, the things that weren't good about me or would never be good enough about me. Right. And, you know, your parents are one of your biggest influences, right? But your friends can be the bigger influence. Right. Over. The peers, the peers are yeah. so important as, as a teenager, yeah. as a teenager and a young adult. And that's one of yeah. the things like I recently did a um, podcast uh, with Harold Beauty with Morgan. And that was one of the things I told her. I said, you know, what's interesting for me is I went to a bunch of different high schools and a bunch of different schools. Mm-hmm. So my peer group always changed. And so from mm. that, I was always able to be whoever I kind of wanted to be at that time. And of course, sure. there was like influence. Like there was one time when I was, I think, in eighth grade where I cut my hair really short and I didn't like it. It looked the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's times like that where you're like, you know, you feel about yourself in a certain way. Like, I don't like this haircut yeah. or I don't like this or I don't like that. But because I never really had a lot of really long lasting relationships in those formative years, I never really yeah. got that close to a lot of people to really care what people thought of me. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> So, uh, so like but when I was in high school I had a group of friends so I went I graduated from Shaw High School in East Cleveland I went there for okay. two years my junior my senior year and my friends from high school we all look different we all look That's different amazing. have different personalities have different interests like I remember my friend Rochelle and my friend Keegan were like obsessed with NSYNC at the time. And they would just talk about <laughs> Lance Bass and all this stuff. Oh, so Lord. It was just interesting because going to Shaw was like having an HBCU experience because it was an all black right. high school. And okay. so there were like black nerds and then there were like the athletes and then there were like the cool kids, you know what I mean? Like, so it was yeah. kind of a really <laughs> dope experience as a high school student to just be able to be whatever kind of black person you wanted to be. Mm. Because like I said, I've always been the weird smart girl who was kind of cute you know <laughs> like she kind of cute but she kind of weird and smart too like I don't know what to do with that you know so but like my best friend from um high school like in those last two years um Shauna so you know I podcasted with Rochelle and with Shauna from high school and um and Shauna and I like we look absolutely nothing alike but we carry ourselves very similarly um mm. and People used to really get our names confused. Like people used to like be like Shauna, I mean Anissa, Anissa, I mean Shauna. So like it was just really great to find like a reflection of myself of just like we look, our style was completely different. Um, But we just both carried ourselves with a lot of confidence of, you know, this is who I am. And one of the biggest reasons why Shauna and I were friends was because we both transferred at the same time and our schedules were similar. So we had like all our classes together. That's That's pretty dope, man. We were both in honors chemistry and AP chemistry our senior year. So like we just spent a lot of time together, but it's like so many young people don't get that experience to be around everybody looking different, everybody having their old goals and dreams and just being supported in that. And I'm still friends with these girls to this day, you know? Yeah. 
I mean, so for me, my high school experience was like all girls Catholic schools, you know, every grade level wore the same, you, you know, every set had a, a, a uniform and, you know, my senior year of high school, I went to school with boys for the first time. Mm. And that was an, a very, I don't even know how to explain the experience. It was just a very interesting time for me because now my, I was being judged by, by guys too, you know, grade school, went to school with boys for a little bit, but my entire almost high school career was with other girls. And right. so now my final year, new, so new school with boys, it was, not only did I feel out of place, but I also had this like trauma of never being quite, you know, <laughs> enough, right? Yeah. I was smart, um, but I wasn't the girl that anyone picked, right? And so right. it was, it would have been nice to have an experience where, you know, I could have had my friends with me and, you know, we all had this kind of situation where we embraced ourselves because I didn't have a whole lot of high school friends. Um, and it was just really, really hard. I think I, and it's really interesting because now that I think about it, that moment in time really defined kind of how I looked at myself throughout mm -hmm. my high school years. Right. And probably was one of the reasons why I didn't have a whole lot of like friends because I didn't see me as somebody who other people would want to be around outside of being smart. Like, yeah. you know, I wasn't going to be the pretty girl in the picture with you or like I wasn't going to fit in with the group. And my, my senior year was just kind of really, really hard because a lot of these kids had gone to school together from kindergarten. Right. And I was the new girl who had like a weird accent of some kind because Apparently, when you move cities in the Midwest, your accent changes or whatever. Right. But, yeah. You know, I was just different and I didn't learn to embrace being very, very different. And then I also had like long hair. Um, and then later on down the line, obviously, I'm now natural. But it was just, if I would have had that that confidence there, that group right. of girlfriends who, you know, or just peers who I could look at and be like, you know, she's her own person, I'm my own person, but we cool. That was right. amazing because I struggled so much. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's for me, it was so crazy because I went to so many schools. I, I started, I started, I can't even tell you, I can't even tell you the whole story about all the schools I've been to, but <laughs> I remember I had gone to Shaker when I was young. So a lot of people know about Shaker Heights because of this, yep. some kind of show called Little Fires Everywhere that I've never seen. So yep. people are always like, is it really like that? And it was kind of like, <laughs> it kind of is like that, you know? So very right. cookie cutter, very, you know, um, but also very nice. Like, so I've had a lot, I had a lot of different education experiences. And um, so I went from, so I went from school into projects I didn't live in the projects, but I was bused to a gifted school in the projects when I was at elementary school. Gotcha. And then middle of elementary school, I, I switched over to Woodbury. I'm sorry, to um, Shaker. I went to Mercer and to Woodbury. And then gotcha. in middle school, I transferred from Shaker Heights to Cleveland Heights. 
And so coming from Heights, like that's how I was when I went to Heights. Like I was kind of like, mm-hmm. didn't really fit in, but I really didn't care that much about fitting in. And that's what I'm saying. Like just growing up with having so many sisters, like <laughs> just like, you know, I think that was like the original like sorority was like in my house. Like, no, but- <laughs> you know, like, well, I'm not like them. I'm different, whatever, you know? So I think that that was one of the biggest things that helped me build my confidence just from young. But when I was going to, when I was going to go from Cleveland Heights to Shaw, I cried because I was just tired of changing really? schools. I was like, gotcha. can I just go back to Shaker? Because I'm like, can I ever just be with people that I know? Like it was, no, I was, yeah. I was like tired of it. And so that's what now, like my, my stepmother, my bonus mom, number one, Karen, who graduated mm-hmm. from Shaw. I mean, she lived in East Cleveland. We were living with her uh, after my parents got divorced. That's part of why I went to a lot of schools too. But um, so like after going from Cleveland Heights, I didn't, I had a kind of a terrible experience in Cleveland Heights. Some of it was due to depression and things I was going through at home, but a lot of it really had to do with how the school responded to me in that way. Mm. It was completely different Mm. from Shaker. um, And I just, you know, I just didn't have a good experience there. So I remember you know, like they laughing at me, like, oh, you cry when you had to go to Shaw. But I had a really good experience there. It was a, it was one of the best um, experiences that I had in education. And then yeah. what's interesting <clears throat> about that is because of that, like when I was in, when I was like the type, top high school, like it was kind of funny because Shauna and I both joined Shaw at the same time. And we both mm-hmm. came in and just like took rank, like entered the top 10 and people were mad right. at us. Yeah. <laughs> we came yeah. in and knocked people out of the top 10 in our what, class. What a way to come in, right? <laughs> yeah, who are these girls? <laughs> so, so I was number three in my class. Um, but right. I actually, on paper, was the, the top student in my school. And I got a scholarship mm-hmm. for being yes. a Okay, scholarship. Yes, ten thousand dollars. So Period. back then went a long way. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, no, but for real. Girl, ten thousand dollars is not even a semester. All right. Yes. Yeah, but I have but I have full rides everywhere. And awesome. like I could have went so many places. Um and my dad apparently Harvard wanted me to go there. Um because one of like my friend Michelle did go to Dartmouth. So we definitely had Ivy Leagues nice. looking at us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um to, you know, help with their diversity and that sort of thing. But I was just like, no, dad, I don't want to go to Harvard. I don't want to be that mm. poor black girl that is just out of place. You know, Got you. like yeah. that's not where I belong. And I don't, right. you know, it's one of those things of like, you can belong anywhere you want. But I just knew just from my experience at Cleveland Heights, mm. that if you can go where people are going to value and appreciate you, like those are those places, you know? That's where you go. No, but for <laughs> real, that's where you, that's where you go, where the people, where people, you know, appreciate you for everything that you are, yes. um, everything that you bring to the table, you know, and they're not looking to change you into anything right. or, exactly. you know, you know, pull something out that isn't there. Right. Um, you know, it, it's helpful. It's very, right. very helpful. And I think a lot of times, like right now, there's so much of a let's be popular as opposed to let's just be ourselves that young girls don't know who to be anymore. Right. Um, and they don't know and they don't even know how to speak life to each other. Yeah. Because that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I had a village around me that spoke life to me. Like my sisters, yeah. even when I was having a hard time, my sister was like, you're so much better than this. Like I, I mm-hmm. failed eighth grade. And my wow. sisters were like, 
you need to get yourself together. Like sure, you are yeah. better than this. You know what I mean? So just having people around me who spoke like life into me. And that's what I feel so sad for a lot of people who don't have people in their lives like that. Um, because a lot of people don't. And, yeah. you know, even, and I feel like we need to be that as women to each other. You know what I mean? Like, I feel 100%. like I have a lot of young women that I mentor and I was having this conversation with uh, a patient and she was there because she, you know, works with me. And she was just like, I was like, you know, we have to like encourage each other to look however you want to look and not say you yeah. got to look like this or look like that. Because we all have okay. our own ideas of what is cute. Like we can all be cute in our own way. And I was talking to, you know, this patient about that. And um, my, the student I was working with said, you know, her and her friends get together and complain about everything that they could change about themselves. I'm like, you got to stop doing that. Yeah. <laughs> when your friend is like, my thighs are too big or this is this. And you just be like, no, girl, you fine. You know what I mean? Right. Like we could literally change the conversation of how we talk to each other instead of like picking out every single flaw and telling everybody that they're weird or different. Um, we could, you know, have different conversations. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, that was, that was me in my head all the time about yeah. how I didn't, I just didn't feel like I fit anywhere. Right. Like I didn't feel like I fit body type wise, beauty wise, you know, like I just didn't fit. And then when I decided to go natural, like the very first person in my family, it was like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. You know, my adult, my whole adult life changed as far as, you know, as a kid, my mom was all about, you know, both are beautiful, you know, blah, 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 blah. But now I was older and now there became these weird standards of what the family beauty looked like. And when I went natural, it was just kind of like, oh, Lord, here she go. Oh, wow. You know, coming to <laughs> going to family functions and my family kind of looking at me a little bit sideways and being like, oh, okay, well, if you like it, we kind of like it. Maybe not, but we're not going to tell you to your face. Right. But um, they still make comments under their breath because I had oh, a similar girl, experience. I've had you, similar experiences yeah. too. Oh my goodness. The way people look at you, um, the way even people would ask me about my hair. Oh, well, how do you, how do you do that? Like as if, you know, something is wrong with it right we're so right. tell people what's wrong with them as opposed to what's right with them that and not even just, that not even about what's right about them just appreciating them who for who they are for who they are correct you know and and it was it's much easier to insult someone than it right. is to just be nice yeah. and so it kind of made me grow this armor around myself where you know I just didn't care about what my family thought about my hair anymore um but you know one particular kind of situation that really hurt me and you and I talked about this a while ago my yeah. grandmother was turning 80 so this is about 15 years ago and I again I was the only person who had natural hair and my mother came to me and she said can you do something for me and I'm like sure you know you'll do anything for your parents right right and she yeah says, can, you, can you straighten your hair I said I'm sorry 
Now, at this what? point, I had already been 10 years into being natural. And your hair is beautiful. <laughs> Thank you know, you. Like when we post, when we post the, you know, the, the professional pics for the advertisement or the flyer for this podcast, like, yeah, I mean, everybody's hair is beautiful and people just have to figure out how to work it, but you definitely work it. Like, yeah, I figured out the work for my hair. I figured out what I liked, you know, some people like their hair more defined. Some people like a little more of a fro, you know, my hair does the more defined thing and I love it. And, and my mother didn't understand it. And so she was like, can you straighten your hair? And I got a relaxer for my grandmother's 80th birthday to appease my mother. And I told my mom, I said, I want you to know this is the very last time I will ever do this. Right. She said, okay. And I was, I was devastated because I was just like, I was brought back to that moment where I felt like I wasn't good enough. Right. You know and what I, I mean? Yeah. And it's very hurtful, like to for how the people to have the people in your life basically say, I love you, but I would love you more if you straightened your hair. If you yeah. Like that's ridiculous. It was, it was 100% devastating and I remember sitting at the party and sitting in a chair just kind of looking around and being like, man, like we all look so much alike because everybody's hair was straight. Yeah. And no one allowed themselves to be different because I know I wasn't the only person in the room who wanted to be natural. And it's so funny because now my mom is natural. My sister's natural. Like oh, wow. Every woman in my family <laughs> is natural, but wow. some of them wear their hair straight, right? They're natural. Well, maybe she just wanted everybody to start the journey together. She wanted you to start over. I don't know. <laughs> you know what's so funny? Is that it took my mom an additional like five years later to start her natural hair journey and then my mother has cut her hair like super short because her hair is curly like mine so all my mother does is has to wash her hair and put a little bit of product in her hair her hair is curly and it's easy Um, yeah yeah and it's so much easier and you would and I'm like "Mm." you know I'm looking at my mom like "Mm mm-hmm yeah (laughs) you've been doing that you could have done this years ago but But I'm just happy that you had enough confidence in yourself to like look back and say this isn't right and I'm never doing this again because that kind of thing can make you be like well damn if my mom doesn't think I'm pretty or I'm not good enough with my hair straight I guess I'm gonna keep getting relaxers and that sort of thing but at some point you have to just stand up for yourself and rebel like nope that was this is who I am as an adult I um I became more rebellious as far as myself as an adult, actually, because as a kid, I was very much whatever you say, mom, whatever you say, dad, when I became an adult, all of the things that I wanted to do came to the forefront for me. Right. And I just got mad. And I was like, and I had to listen, I'm scared of my mom to this day. (laughs) (laughs) But I told her, you know, I will never do this again. And that was like, that was a turning point for me because I had never quote unquote stood up right to my mom about me like right. ever. Yeah. And, you know, I was just like, I don't care if nobody likes it. I don't care if nobody wants to do it. This is what I want to do for me. And so right. 
a lot of women don't get that opportunity because right. they're so scared of well, what their family's going to think too. Right. And what's interesting, so, you know, I've been like, I've been reading about a lot of this kind of thing about women's issues just when working with teenagers. So mm-hmm. one of the books I read in 2016 is called Girls and Sex. And okay. it talks about like, you know, a lot of these kind of things of like how women are socialized to kind of be passive. Yeah. And um, I had those moments when I was young, but I feel like just having such a big family, like eight girls and one brother that, right. you know, you have to learn how to advocate for yourself so you can mm. eat, you know? <laughs> no, that's I, crazy. I learned, you know, at a young age to speak up. And it's interesting to me, though, how they talk about, like, that's one of the best gifts we can give to young women is yes. to teach them how to speak up for themselves. Because, no, it's true. I have a niece. I have, like, a bunch of nieces now, but my oldest niece is just turned 22. And mm-hmm. I, I read that book. We read it together, actually, in 2016, because she was, I think, 16. Okay. And um, so one of the things after that is, I like, one of the things I talked about in the book was just making young women make decisions. So it's like, if you say, what do you want to eat? And they say, I don't know. You're like, well, you better figure it out. Cause I don't know. It's not an answer. You know? (laughs) That's that's incredible because I wish that would have happened for me because I was very passive and, you know, with regard to the decisions that, I could have made for myself the things that I could have advocated for myself with, with regard to my beauty, you know, just with my mom, right? Right. Like my mom loved me and my sister and she thought we were both beautiful, but sometimes I didn't want to wear a dress, but I always did because mommy said so. Right. Right. And, you know, like. And that's one of the things we have to learn as parents to like, to, (laughs) yeah. To let our children, you know, to not stifle that light in them. Because a lot of times yeah. when we when we do that, we're like dimming their brightness, you know? A hundred percent. And we're telling them that that who they want to be isn't going, isn't good enough to us. Right. Right. You you're gonna be who I want you to be until you're old enough to be whoever you want, which is literally the worst thing you can do for a child because right. you never teach them their own to, to own their own identity. Right. You're choosing it. Right. And it's hard because obviously, like, there's moments when you want them to dress appropriately. Like, I know my niece, sure. my, like, she, she wasn't allowed to really wear, like, things that, like, had her breasts out and stuff. But a lot of that's mm-hmm. because there's a lot of predators out there, you know? Well, then there's that. So there's that, you know, that idea of, you know, understanding that women are at risk and trying to protect them. But at the same time, trying to find some compromise. So my sister with, with my niece I always say, you can wear whatever you want but put a jacket you know <laughs> like don't have everything yeah. put a jacket over it you might have a little bit out but you know like have have um you know she just would just wanted her to be safe and that's the that's the biggest thing about a lot of women you want them to be safe but one of the one of the best things you can do to help them be safe is teach them how to stand up for themselves because um, I, I was so proud of her like she had you know people courting her when she was like maybe 19 and this this guy had invited her um they had gone on a date and they were like all right well the next date you want to come over my house and watch movies and we can get some pizza and she was like I don't even like pizza you didn't ask me what I wanted to eat so it's going to be a no (laughs) 
I was so me. proud of her, you know, because even like for me, like I passively went natural. So it's one of the things that I talked about, talked about in my health is beauty. I'm um, sorry, my hero beauty, um, you know, blog or writing. I talked about how I passively went natural. Like I didn't, mm-hmm. I was a doctor and I didn't have time to go to Cleveland, which is where I was driving from Columbus to Cleveland to get my hair done. Because oh my with my goodness. kind of hair, you can't trust everybody. Like I used to get relaxers, no. but I had somebody who was just like, you don't, you're not getting the, you're not sitting long enough and I'm tired of wasting these relaxers. Oh, so I'm going to leave these relaxers in longer and of course burn my scalp and my head. Oh so my God. I started going back to the person I trusted in Cleveland. And so when I moved to Cincinnati, you know, that's, that's a far drive. And yeah, then, that gets a little longer. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I'm a residency. And so basically my um, first year of residency, I just stopped getting relaxed because I didn't have time for it. And it's so crazy because I never knew what my hair even looked like. I started right? getting relaxed at like age seven. And it was right? just like, I don't have time for that right now. Let me just, and my hair just grew. And it was like, oh, this is what my hair really looks like. And it's just like, like I said, you know, a lot of the beauty standards are set by racism. And so, yep. you know, you grow up and it's crazy to me because like, I have a picture of, I was born in 84 and I have a picture okay. of myself on my grandmother's porch and my mom is holding me. She had this mm-hmm. big, beautiful Afro. And then it's <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like there was a time yep. when everybody was yep. natural, like most everybody people were natural. Was. And it was the thing. And then I don't know what happened in the 90s where everybody decided relaxers were in again. And, you know, straightening was back in. But what I think around that time when I went natural about 2010 was like, it was trendy again, you know? It was. And so it's kind of like, you know, well, let me try this out. Let me see what it's like to not have a, not have a relaxer. It's like, oh, my hair is kind of cute like this, but you still have to figure out what to do with it. Because people think 100%. I just wake up in a day in the morning and like, you know what I mean? Like, no, it takes work and it takes time no, to figure it, really it out does. and it takes products. You got to try different stuff. So it's, you know, it's, it's work in a different way, but I feel like just for me, the diversity of it, like I just love my hair so much more now because it's just so much more fun and so much more variety and so much, yes. so many more things I can say like, well, let me try this or let me try that. So I have really enjoyed the journey of going natural. But of course, like I've had, a lot of people in my family make different comments about all types of stuff. And it's, it's annoying. But like I said, I just, just grew up a way to just like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> no, for real. Like, like I said, I took that stand that day and was like, listen, I don't, I don't care what everybody else is doing. Like, I love the way that my hair looks. I love the way that I feel about me. Right. And, you know, you're, you can be mad when I go back after this, but please know that there is no changing my mind here. And, you know, taking an aggressive stance for who you want to be is something that I think a lot of, you know, young women of color don't get the opportunity to do. Right. And then we have all of this trauma around what beauty is supposed to look like for us. And then you see all of these different competing, um, you know, marketing campaigns and, and beauty products in general for how hair should look. Right. And there's no, there's no conversation around 
girl, if you want no hair, you don't have to have it. If you want right. long hair, you can grow it, right? It's, right. It's, because that's what's always interesting now, like the whole thing with the natural, like with people returning to natural and wearing their natural hair, most of the advertising will only show like light-skinned women like me yes. who have like a, my hair is like a 3B, 3C. They mostly okay. show like, like two, like 2A and that sort of thing with the looser curls and that sort of thing. Yes. So just, I've been, everybody. yes. So I've been appreciating like, you know, there's, there's advantages and disadvantages to the internet and social media, but one of the advantages is that you can find a lot of these brands um, and people that, you know, can target and that sort of thing. Um, like I just saw a Facebook ad um, the other day of people who had, you know, thicker hair, like a, either a 3C or um, 4, 4A type of hair with an advertisement for a product that, you know, was helping with like twist outs and that sort of thing. So as we've, as we've, you know, turn the corner of not as many people getting relaxers. There's new products that can help people maintain their their natural hair. But also, it's kind of like we got to stop with the hierarchies of products. Too, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, like, listen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like you you can't. <laughs> the thing is, is that we sometimes even in the natural hair community, there are unrealistic unrealistic expectations for what your hair is going to look like at the end of the styling process right right and you know people are watching youtube and finding their favorite influencers and are like oh my god i want your hair right as opposed to saying i want my hair to be healthy right and i want to find products that work for my hair you're trying to achieve this unrealistic hair goal Right. Um, that doesn't match your hair type. Right. And there is a hierarchy. You know, everyone, if you have curlier hair, you know, you have good hair, right? Whether right. you're light skin or brown skin. And if your hair is more dense and your curls aren't as defined, well, you don't have good hair, you have bad hair. And it's just like, um, that's not true. Right. All hair is good hair. It curls different. And that's right. it. <laughs> and that's it. And I think as women too, you always want the hair you don't have. Because oh, I've yep. always wished my hair would like afro. <laughs> my hair does not afro. So it's one of those things of, you know, afros in the curly way. Like I have a picture, um, I have a picture of when I was in Haiti and it was like this crazy curly afro that I don't ever wear my hair like that. And I I don't know why my hair would that day. But I remember like back in the 90s when I saw I rock rough and tough with my afro puffs, like we cannot wear afro puffs and of course like i said we used to get relaxers back then so of course it wouldn't afro sure. like it does now but it's one of those things where, like for me i've always admired people with like four four a or four b or four c hair mm-hmm. like i wish my hair did that so that's part of it too like the beauty industry always has you like wanting something you don't have <laughs> you're uh-huh. like oh yeah my hair is cute oh, but i wish yeah. i had that hair you know <laughs> i mean and, and to be honest there is like to there's nothing wrong with like looking at somebody's hair and like really admiring their hair yeah, like hair envy. you know but like being hard on yourself because your hair won't do that right is the part where it becomes dangerous right right your hair's never gonna do it right so as opposed to embracing it you it's like hair toxicity now right, right. it's not even envy anymore 
Right. Because then you're trying products to make it like that. Well, let me do this or let me do that to make it like this. And it's just like, that's not. Yeah. yeah, And it's like, that's the whole, that's the whole, you know, you're missing the whole point. And that's the, that can be the the issue with all of it. It's like, you change the game, you change the standards and people still find a way to market to you to want your hair to do something. And it's not, but at some point you have to have that acceptance of, no, this is my hair and this is what it does. And yeah, you know, I might have a little hair envy, but I also love my hair because you know this is the way my hair is this is how it grows out of my scalp and that's great you know yep a hundred percent I'm beautiful regardless right like I and I can embrace the beauty of other people without transposing that onto myself right like that's the biggest goal right yeah and that's the biggest thing it's just about like it's about not having to feel like you need to change yourself because of Mm -hmm. what somebody else is doing but it's also about society not creating those hierarchies because a lot of it is like the messaging of if you see like a million YouTube videos and all of them are mostly for like a certain type of hair, then you're like, then it makes it like, you know what they say about representation matters. Yeah, it does. It a hundred percent does because you believe you should now be a reflection of what you see versus how you feel about yourself. Right. And so I'm just really excited that a lot of companies are embracing that, but I feel like as women and as men, we have to really embrace the diversity that we are as beauty as well. Like we, we can have all the products and have all the hairstyles, but if people constantly still go around criticizing each other of you need to look like this, or that is more valuable than looking like this, then it's still going to be problematic. You know, I agree. I 100% agree. Changing that narrative starting in like grade school, you know, continuing it through high school and making sure, you you know, you've gotten it by college is really, really important because there are so many adults who are still trying to heal from, you know, conversations that they had when they were eight. Right. About their beauty. Exactly. So. I think that was a great conversation. So I think we should we should stop it there. Maybe we'll have you back and talk some more. Yes, it's been a great conversation. Sure. I would love to come back. Yes. We look forward to talking to you again. And I want to wish everyone out there a great self-love Saturday. And I want you always to remember that loving yourself is an act of rebellion. Self-love Saturday. Hope Self-love Saturday, Franken-Cycles, we rebels. Self-love Saturday, uplift with love. Self-love Saturday, Franken-Cycles, we rebels.